Hello, and welcome to the 19th episode of the Disney Cruise Line Blog Podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk about the staterooms. So I guess the main, or most common thing talking about staterooms are the stateroom categories, which range from concierge class R, S, and T, which are the royal suite, and one and two bedroom uh, staterooms with verandas. Uh, then they go into categories 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 with, uh, I'm sorry, and 11, with 10 and 11 being your inside staterooms, uh, with 10 being deluxe inside staterooms and 11 just being a standard inside stateroom. And then within each stateroom category, it's a little bit of alphabet soup. Like, it'll be like, say, a 5E, an 11B. 10A kind of state rooms. These letters, more or less, kind of, it's Disney's way of placing, I don't know, dollar values on the different <laughs> state rooms within each category based on favorability, a more favorable location on the ship within that category. You know, it's not necessarily that all, you know, A's are midship or on higher decks. It, varies by individual category you know categories uh that's where the uh stateroom maps or deck plans come in handy to kind of like really track down where these uh different categories are located on the ship and the deck plans on the website and <clears throat> are color coded so you can zoom in and move around and find out where all the where all the different uh subcategories of each stateroom are located Disney Cruise Line has essentially broken out their uh, staterooms into four main categories, which are concierge rooms, you've got your veranda staterooms, your ocean view staterooms, and your inside staterooms. And rather than going through each individual category at nauseum and I'll just all that since all that information is available on the deck plans and Disney's website, let's kind of talk generally generally about each of the uh, categories of stateroom starting with the uh, probably inside stateroom I mean the inside staterooms are your basic uh, ship staterooms they've got some of them have the split bath and some of them do not have the split bath the split baths are the uh, they'll have a toilet and a sink in one room and then next Next to that, it'll have a shower and a sink. So it helps uh, with the traveling parties who want to kind of get ready for dinner. They'll have two different places to get ready and kind of, some, you know, that one person's not waiting for the next person to, you know, take a shower and get ready and be done. Ocean view staterooms will have like a porthole or two, depending on the layout of the room. Uh, Similar to a, you know, inside stateroom where it's uh, the split bath and then the veranda staterooms are, I mean, basically uh, you take the uh, ocean view stateroom and you add a balcony to it. And For a, navigators veranda, if you're on a classic ship. And uh, it's interesting. If you look at the deck plans, they include the square footage of the room. They include the balcony in that square footage. It's kind of like buying a house and including the square footage of the yard. Or your porch. 
And then the next category would be your uh, concierge rooms with the uh, royal suites and one and two bedroom uh, concierge staterooms. The uh, Dream Class also has an ocean view concierge room with veranda, which the classic ships do not. Uh, both class of ships have a Walt Disney and a Roy Disney suite for the Royal Suites. And then uh, they trickle down from there in terms of the other concierge rooms. The Dream and Fantasy have and pretty much all the concierge rooms in one central location or forward location, whereas uh, on the Disney Wonder and Magic, they're a little, you know, they're just kind of regular stateroom corridor on deck eight, more or less. They're spread out on deck, on the deck. They're not, they don't have their central location. And in the concierge area on the uh, Dream Class, they have their own little concierge lounge right there, their own sun deck, just all in that same area. So on those ships, you kind of don't even have to leave your little bubble, whereas on the classic ships, you're, they're adding, they've added concierge lounges for guests to uh, kind of meet up at, but they're not kind of right there. Do you have to go out and to general pop? I mean, we say that because we've never stayed concierge. So we, you know, us, the Sanders family of three, have stayed inside Ocean View and Veranda. And I think you'll hear from all of us that we have opinions on each category. But concierge is not something that we have ever stayed um, because we prefer to kind of cruise, you know, if we can three times a year. And if we booked concierge, we may only be able to book, you know, one cruise. So for us, being that we have a close proximity to Port Canaveral and, and for us, it's not a, you know, airfare trip and one special trip a year or every two years, or every three years, um, we go ahead and, and, you know, not not do the concierge. But there are some people that, you know, that's what they do, that's what they love, and, and that's what they always cruise, and, and hey, more power to them. So, you know, we have not even looked into the, the upgrading at port, but uh, um, we did get a chance to tour a concierge room on the Magic. I checked out a one-bedroom on the Dream. They're yeah. very, I mean, the rooms are nice. Yeah. They, you know, they'd be great to stay in, but... Emily said, I'd rather go on more cruises than uh, stay in a concierge room. So I think the category that we have stayed in the most is a veranda stateroom. Um, you know, we have, they're kind of divided. We've never stayed in a category four. Category four sleep five people. Um, and there are a lot of families of five that actually, when they price it out, find it cheaper to book a, a veranda and an inside stateroom across from them than to book the uh, category four. So that is something that you should consider if you are a family of five, uh, instead of looking at those category four deluxe um, veranda staterooms to go ahead and price, you know, put one parent and some kids in one room and one parent and some kids in another room. Um, and it may actually be cheaper for you. Uh, that's something that's been talked about for years um, on the classics and in the dream class shift. So um, caveat, we've not stayed in that. We've stayed in, um, I think, a 5A, a 5C. You know, it varies on the ships. I can say personally, um, 
on the dream and fantasy. I'm a 5e person. Love those aft verandas. They're big. Um, people don't like them because sometimes there's complaints of soot or vibrations. Um, you know, to each your own. When when we have a 5e, um, you know, Scott, Isabel, and I haven't had an issue with that. I've been able to exercise on that veranda. When we have those rooms, we take full advantage where we have breakfast. You know, we spend as much time as we as we can out there. Um, and I will say on the Magic and Wonder, my personal favorite is actually the Category 7A, which is the Navigator Veranda. Um, I happen to really like those. It's an open porthole room. You have a bench uh, area for seating in your veranda. I think it would be an awesome room to have for a, an Alaskan cruise because you're provided some um, closure, just the open porthole, so you've got some sort of you know coziness there. But I happen to like those. Um, and yeah, there's the secret veranda rooms, which are the verandas with the obstruction and so on. But uh, I personally like an actual navigator's veranda. Isabel, how about you when we're talking about verandas? Because you've been on a regular veranda um, on the Dream where we were in a Category 5 midship. Um, and then you've been on the 5 E's. What, what, is your, what is your veranda type that you like? I don't know. What was it, Mommy? Do you like the big um, verandas at the back of the ship? Yes. Okay. So you're like me. You like the five E's on the Dream and the Fantasy. Mm -hmm. In the Magic and Wonder, would you rather have a regular veranda, or do you like the Navigator veranda with the little bench? The Navigator veranda. Yeah, so Isabel and I are sort of similar um, when it comes to verandas, and those staterooms all offer the split bath, which, which are very nice. Scott, what about you for your veranda choice? I mean, I love the Afferandas, but, I mean, if I had the choice between a regular veranda and Afferanda, I'd take an Afferanda. And that's on the Dream and the Fantasy. Yeah. They uh, do offer some Aft verandas on the Magic Wonder class. Those are Category 6. We've not stayed in one of those. Those have the White Wall verandas. Um but they're not quite the same as they are on the Dream and Fantasy. So just a little side note that we per don't have personal experience in those. We no. did go visit someone's stateroom that had one, and I would definitely book one um, because it was awesome, but it's just, it's just a little bit different. The ones that we haven't stayed in are the ones on the Dream and Fantasy that kind of stick out where the higher decks can basically look down on, look down on you. Pass. It's, uh, Those, I think, are four E's, Scott. They're interesting. Uh, they're on deck five, and everyone from above can look down. Yeah. That's cool. You have that weird interaction when you're standing on the veranda, and they turn around, and you wave at them, and it's like, hey... You're, I We've can seen see some people everything. in towels and, and things on those verandas when we're, we're looking down. I definitely, on the Dream and Fantasy... Um, because on the Dream, we were on a, in a 5B. Um, I definitely prefer the, the Afferandas. And it is a little bit more walking, but, you know, that's fine. We're on a cruise. More walking is awesome. So, um, verandas are great. We book them whenever economically possible. Um, you know, we used to be the folks that only booked verandas, but now we've all taken the attitude that we would rather just be on the ship. Um, 
and Disney Cruise Line is not getting any cheaper. So we have actually found ourselves booking, you know, in order to cruise more often, kind of booking less friends, which, you know, the Sanders family has been fine with because Deck 4 is amazing. Deck 4 on both of the ships. So... Um, I guess that's what I'll say about Veranda's. It's awesome. It's awesome on those five E's and the Dream and Fantasy to, when you're backing into Castaway Key, backing into St. Thomas. It's just really cool to be right there. Um, but there is soot on your balcony and there is some vibrations from the thrusters. So, you know, all things to consider. So, Scott, do you want to talk about the uh, ocean view or as they call them, porthole staterooms? I mean... You can almost talk about the ocean view and inside staterooms is kind of one and the same, the deluxe inside, because it's really deluxe inside stateroom with a porthole. The well, rooms are, so you get some light, you get the natural light, you, you get, get to actually light. see outside. And of course, Disney's, without leaving your room. it's Disney's way of being able to charge you more too. So um, on the Dream and Fantasy, again, they offer a, uh, you know, the special category eights that are um, forward. And there's a few rooms on deck five and six that are the category eights that have, you know, those big portholes that you can sit in the, with the window seats. And, um, you know, some of them have the wall, dividing wall, and some of them are big stateroom. Um, and those are, those are pretty cool. They also have on the Dream and Fantasy those category nines where they have the porthole at the top. of the, So it kind of gives you like a skylight. So the Dream and Fantasy definitely uh, have some different staterooms to offer you due to the design of the ship um on the magic and wonder you've essentially got you know your category nines are on deck one and two there may be some on some higher decks um, but i'm not super familiar with those uh and then on the dream and fantasy you know they've also got their deck two staterooms so i'm going to give you my opinion here which is not a popular opinion Scott, Isabel, and I booked um, a cruise that was a guaranteed cruise, and we were on the Magic, and it was a guaranteed stateroom. We booked the inside stateroom and got upgraded to a Category 9C on Deck 2, and we were above a loading, um, what was that, Scott? A conveyor? It was, where were they loaded? The gangway for the uh, yeah, forklifts, the where they bring everything out, you know, they bring on the provisions and It was luggage. loud. I was disappointed. Um, you know, I personally would rather stay on an inside, in an inside stateroom on a higher deck, like deck five or six, than a porthole stateroom on deck two on a classic ship. Now, we were on the dream in a ocean view room on deck two. Loved it. It was awesome. Um, you've got a big porthole. Your proximity to Enchanted Garden is awesome. So you can go there for breakfast or lunch. I mean, it was great. So two totally different experiences. My personal opinion, I know people love Deck 2 um, on the Magic and the Wonder. You know, they love their ocean view rooms. But, again, this is just, you know, Mrs. DCL Blog's personal opinion. Isabel, in your ocean view rooms what did you, did you like them? Did you not like them? Do you prefer the inside? What, what would you say? I like them. I think they're perfectly fine. Yes. So when you were on the dream, I remember you sitting in the porthole. You loved it. Yeah. Yeah. You made like, I mean, there's a considerable amount of room in that porthole to kind of put a pillow up there, kind of, especially for kids. 
to make that like a little space for themselves. You can even close off a curtain there and uh, kind of be hidden and just look out at the ocean. I mean, in deck two on the Dream and Fantasy is a different deck than it is on the Magic. I mean, there's midship down there. There's, there's just, it's just different. Uh, it's different. It's a bigger ship. It's it's just different. So I would not hesitate to stay on deck two in the Dream and Fantasy again. But I personally am not um, a deck two in the classic ship fan. Scott, what about you? I mean, I kind of look at where terms of where I want to stay on the ship it's more like, more like where I look at our stateroom as our hub you know in between activities where do we spend most of our time outside of the stateroom is it the pool deck is it you know is it Isabel and the kids clubs you know movies wherever so if I mean if you're especially in the dream class it's a lot of walking depending on where your stateroom is, to some of the common areas. Uh, say. It, so you're doing side a lot note, of stuff. Because we don't take elevators. So um, one of our quote-unquote rules, you know, for cruising is that we swear off the elevators. And, and that's mostly because of the, you know, extra, you know, beverages and the food that you may or may Three not consume. Three square meals. Yeah. So... Um, you know, it's kind of cool to be on deck two when you're in a dream class ship because traipsing all the way up to the pool deck is a lot of stairs. Um, but you know, it's great if you just want to go up to deck three or four, you know, right there. Um, my favorite deck on, um, the magic and wonder, I actually like deck five, you know, followed by deck six. And then on the dream class, I like deck eight followed by deck nine. So, you know, that is a personal preference for everyone. I like the deck five location. It's convenient for the clubs, kids clubs. It's also, uh, you know, a shorter walk back after like a late night movie, the Buena Vista theater. So that brings us to our inside stateroom discussion because we, um, for the first time, so Scott and I, our first cruise was on our honeymoon in 2005. And we had, that was back when they still had Category 12. And I booked the cheapest room on the a three-night wonder that you could get, which was a Category 12. And we got, and I'm going to use air quotes, upgraded <laughs> to a Category 11 uh, on Deck 7 aft. And it was still an inside stateroom. But what was cool about it is we were right by that deck that's now closed, the secret d- aft deck. Everybody um, calls it secret, but it's it's not really nuts. secret, right? But it was so cool because Scott and I were in an inside stateroom, yet we were steps away from this, you know, huge deck. So that was the only time we had ever had an inside stateroom. Well, we decided for our tenth wedding anniversary, yes, ten years later, that we were going to do the Norway and Iceland cruise, and the only way for us to make it as affordable as possible was to book an inside stateroom. And so we did talk about this for a long time because I had originally booked a navigator's veranda for Alaska on opening day. And then within 24 hours, Scott said, no, let's scrap that and let's go to Iceland and Norway. So I said, okay, we can do it, but we can only do it if we go inside because of the cost. So we booked um, a Category 11B 
and it was on deck five. And it was aft because if anybody follows the Sanders family uh, trip reports, we are a, an aft family. We love the aft of the ship. And I have to admit, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought that I was going to really miss the split bath. But being that I get up and go to the gym in the morning and take a shower then, um, and Scott is more of an evening shower and Isabel's an evening shower, it didn't really um, affect us that much. I think especially because Isabel's still young, so she's not you know, taking an hour to get ready. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. The proximity to the kids' club being on deck five is awesome. The movie theater there. Um, we actually liked that stateroom so much that we have rebooked it several times. So, um, Isabel, what did you think about being in Norway for that stateroom? I think the stateroom was fine, easy to access everything. I think it was in a great spot for our needs. And I think the cool thing about that is, wouldn't you agree, Isabel, that... Um, you know, when we were in Norway and Iceland, we were essentially just in that stateroom to get ready in the morning and then come back from our excursions, get ready, go to dinner, and then you mm-hmm. know, go to sleep. We didn't really spend, in the Iceland and Norway cruise, we didn't spend, I don't know, we didn't spend much time in our room at all. Right, Isabel? Yep, we didn't spend much time. Scott, what would you say about that? I actually found that room to be a lifesaver on that itinerary because the sun basically never set, so it was always light outside. So try to sleep. You know, if you can fall asleep any in any environment, fine. But I, I like a darker room to sleep in. So you know, light would have been coming in through the curtains. So for those of you that aren't aware, the um, Norway Iceland cruise had midnight sun. Um, and Scott was actually on um, land in Reykjavik till like 1.30 in the morning, and there was still a beautiful pink-orange sky. So that's what Scott is referring to, that being that we were in the inside stateroom, it was dark. So um, like I said, I'll, I'll say it again, it was an 11B. We've had it one more time on the Magic. I've requested that same room um, for some cruises next year on the Wonder. I happen to... We love the location of it. We love being aft. We love we loved being on deck five. Um, you're only you know you're one deck down from four, two from three. You you don't have high to go when you're going to look for the upper deck. So I think it's a I think it's a great location and it since, works well for us. Yeah. Um, another note is for the first time we booked this summer. Just we didn't have a summer vacation booked. So a fantasy cruise in June popped up on Florida Resident Rate. And the room that was available um, happened to be a Category 11A on Deck 9 on the fantasy. And we did not, we've never stayed in an inside stateroom. So I did miss the privacy curtain because that is one thing that Scott and I like that we can watch. Well, that was a unique stateroom. It was, it was kind of that sideways stateroom. Um, we like it so that you, we can maybe stay up a little bit later than Isabel and, and watch TV while Scott's writing his blog posts. But, um, you know, it, it ended up being fine. It was more of a midship-ish location. Um, that particular room was more of a square yeah. versus like a rectangular, longer. It, it, I mean, it was fine. We were there for seven nights. I, I like my the one on the Magic and Wonder a little bit better, but 
that was the first cruise that I really got to know Deck 4. Deck 4 is awesome. You can go sit on those teak chairs with the nice, um, you know, there's cushioning on there. They've got, you know, the lifeboats are hanging there, so half the time that blocks the sun out. That is the first time that the Sanders family really spent a ton of time out there. Now, Scott has gone out there by himself many times. I've been doing that for a long time. Taking naps. Um, But, I mean, I sat out there drinking champagne while Scott and Isabel were playing shuffleboard. I mean, it it was fabulous. And I realized that on a less port-intensive cruise, because this was an Eastern Caribbean cruise with three sea days, and I was worried, man, we're going to be on an, in an inside stateroom, and this is nothing like Norway and Iceland where you are in very port-intensive and you're out on deck if you're not in port. Um, you know, in the Caribbean, you're just kind of chilling. But no, deck four was great. Even the morning we pulled into Castaway Key, you know, we had breakfast, we went right down to deck four. So... Um, if that is a reservation of yours that you're worried about not having a veranda for those reasons, know that the upper decks and deck four are totally accessible to you. And if that's going to save you a couple thousand dollars, I recommend it because you can put that elsewhere. And, and for us, we spent it going back and forth to St. John and spending money in St. John and, you know, snorkeling and in Tortola and, and things like that. So, the money that we quote unquote saved, um, you know, with the Florida resident rate in the inside stateroom, I think made up for it twofold over. Put it towards excursions, put it towards, you know, buying little trinkets in port or checking out or going to, you know. And buying lunch. I mean, we were in St. John. We went to lunch at the brewery. And the thing is, is that we, you know, we typically may, um, you know, I, I have in the past, I love my veranda in the Caribbean. I love my Caribbean air, but, you know, we, I, I think we did great. Now, that was the cruise that you did say that you felt you missed the split bath a little bit, though, Scott. That one, yes, because it was a different itinerary than when the previous summer when we were, you know, we weren't going to a beach every day. We were kind of just going out and exploring, you know, like a European port. We were walking around, you know sightseeing versus you know in the caribbean we're going to the beach and then we'd come back and need to get ready for dinner and that's where i I sort of thought or i missed it because we're all trying to get it get ready for dinner all at the same time within a like maybe sure because in a 50 minute window in the split bath it would have been emily takes a shower goes in the other bathroom to you know put makeup on and get ready well, then Isabel takes a shower. You can stage it. And then Scott takes a shower versus when you don't have a split bath, you're just kind of waiting. But, I mean, that didn't make or break our vacation. You know, it was just a little, it took a, it required just a tad bit more time and planning. But that, I mean, something to consider based on, you know, if you want to go for that deluxe or standard inside stateroom. A family of four, I think it would be a little more tougher. Mm-hmm. Or if you've got that teenage daughter and, yeah, it, it's definitely it's definitely a little bit different. Now, one thing I'm going to throw out there is know that even if you don't have a rainforest package, you can use the showers in the spa. So I know a family um, who happens to be related, you know, our family, 
um, that has a, you know, Scott's cousin He's happens tall. to be of tall stature. <laughs> And uh, he likes to go to the uh, spa showers so that his head doesn't hit so on the ceiling. Have to duck in the shower. Yeah. So that is another option is that, you know, someone in the family can go down and use the showers at the spa. I know that's an option because I'm in the spa working out most mornings. Uh, and it's usually empty when I'm there and it's totally available. And there's showers and there's towels and all that good stuff. So keep that in mind that if you don't get the split bath, um, that the, sh- the spa showers are totally available f- to you free of charge. One of the things we kind of didn't even talk about in the inside staterooms, in the Dream and Fantasy, they have the uh, virtual portholes, which are more or less, it's a big TV behind the wall with a s- porthole cutout, and they uh, will kind of pipe in a webcam from the, sh- or not a webcam, but a live cam from the ship, so... You can see where you, see where you're at, kind of. If you're on the inside, on port side, they'll give a port side camera, and if you're on the starboard side, they'll give you a starboard camera. And and the characters are the same at the same time every day. Yeah, and the char- you know, every once in a while, character two will show up on screen and do something, you know, interesting. Kind hey, of- Isabel, what did you think about the virtual porthole? It was cute. Yeah, I know that you you enjoyed that. That was kind of cool for you. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Well, the one thing that it is nice that it does, though, is being that it's a virtual porthole, you're in an inside stateroom, it provides sort of a natural light mm-hmm. because it is a webcam of, you know, when we're in St. Thomas and we're docked, you have that cam there. So, granted, it's not a real window, but... It made you feel... I don't know, Scott. What do you feel like? I feel like it made me feel more that I was getting natural light even though it was kind of a TV. I, I just thought it was, you know... It's well, a nice touch. And you, it's easily turned off. There's a switch right there by the bed. So... I mean, it's the little characters are on. cute, but I don't think they were intrusive either. No. I mean... Especially if you're waiting for them that, you know, you'll be waiting for a while. And at night when, you know, really the live cam wouldn't be so great, it kind of goes to more like a digital night sky. It's more... You know, after being in a um, true inside stateroom for a couple of cruises and then being in that stateroom, you know, this summer on the Fantasy, I happen to enjoy that. And the fact that you can turn it off is cool. So I actually liked it for a source of light other than like the sconces on the bed. It was not right. as bright, but still provided light in the stateroom. For those of you listening at home, Scott, um, you know, we keep Isabel on her kind of normal schedule instead of making her, you know, stay up late and then, you know, sleep in, you know, kind of altering her schedule. So when she goes to bed, that's when Scott does his blogging. So I get to either, um, you know, proofread next to him or or help him, or, you know, read a book and then kind of fall asleep. And it was awesome to just have that porthole provide some light instead of the one or two wall sconces. So um, it, it helps those bloggers that got to work, yo. It right, also, Scott? Bloggers got to blog, yo. What will you do now when you don't have a full navigator to read at night? I'll be fine. There's always Candy Crush. It's fine. Don't worry. Proofreading, Scott, for you is never going to go away. 
We're good. I actually like it better on these like three and four night cruises because it's not as in detail. <laughs> it's not as detailed. I'm kind of actually not looking forward to Alaska next year. So nine nights of proofreading. It's going to be in menus and photos. Whew. So what are the stories? What are the storage options in the staterooms? You, do you have to live out of your luggage, or is there enough spots, little cabinets and hangers to put everything away? I Perfect. mean, I feel like there's way more space in the uh, classic ships than there are the dream class. And you know that by square footage alone, but in the bathrooms, that is one place where I noticed a difference because we... Any of you that follow our trip reports know that we unpack our luggage the minute the luggage hits the room, even if it's a three-night cruise. And not having that split bath means that you're missing shelves in another bathroom that we can kind of unload our stuff on. Now, when we were in the Dream and Fantasy on that inside... I'm sorry, we were in the Fantasy this summer on that inside stateroom. We were missing... What was it? It's got a whole other cabinet? A yes. whole other closet. The packet closet. of drawers. Drawers. It was definitely a size difference because we had mostly been in a Category 5E. Yeah, it was the dress, kind of the dresser that was next to the I mean, the we closet. made do, right? It wasn't a huge deal, but mm. I will say that we all noticed it. Um, we never live out of our suitcases. Your suitcases fit under the bed. Um that's Which just something nice. that's just something we prefer to do. I I want to be like I'm at home and just be able to get something that's hanging out of the closet. In ter- in terms of storage in the closet, now this might not be the safest thing to do nor the recommended thing to do, but to get more space in the closet, I usually take the life jackets out and put those under the bed with the suitcases. So uh there's that extra shelf to put my clothes in. In the closet. And I'm finally starting to get Scott to try to iron everything he needs to iron at the beginning of the cruise so he doesn't have to iron every day before dinner. So that's always helpful too because if it's ironed and hanging up ready to go in the closet, then it's better than, you know, having to pull your suitcase out and dig for that. And we do prefer the hamper that is a collapsible hamper that goes under the bed. Uh, that's a really nice feature because then you can just pull that out through your luggage and pull it back. I mean, um, laundry hamper. Um, we found those in the Target uh, college section. So that is a nice feature. Um, the best time to buy those are, you know, after the back to the school sale happens when they're getting rid of all that stuff because hampers are always usually around once they clearance all that going, you know, go, moving to college kind of section of Target. But, I mean, even though we were in the 11A on the Fantasy and we noticed less storage, we still were fine. I mean, don't you think, Scott? Oh, yeah. You just, you just work with what you got. So, the big thing, though, on the storage is being able to put your suitcases under the bed since they're now all elevated on all the ships. Isabel, what's your favorite thing for storage on the ships? And I know the answer to this, but I'm going to let you say it. The chests. 
So the rooms um, on the Dream and Fantasy have a chest. And Isabel likes to unpack her carry-on and stick it in that chest. Over uh, by the couch. It's over by the couch. The dream, the Magic and Wonder have um, tables, so they don't have that storage capacity. But she likes to put all of her stuff in there from stuffed animals to coloring books to reading books to, you know, whatever it is that's in her carry-on. Um, but that's that's a real awesome feature for her. Each stateroom comes with, you know, typical things you normally find in a hotel room. There's things that are not. I mean, you've got outlets. There are no USB ports in any of the rooms, at least not yet. Uh, so that's one thing that, like, newer ship builds that, are com- that have recently come out have. Uh, who knows? Maybe the Wonder will get some here in Dry Dock. Maybe not. Time will tell. Uh, you've got a mini refrigerator slash cooling box it's there have been times where we've been fortunate enough to have a more or less a refrigerator and then the rest of the time we usually get a cooling box where they'll keep your beverages cool but not like so here's the deal on that i would say it's awesome for your beer your wine what have you water don't ever use it for a dairy product because we had a fridge and not a cooling box and we put a Mickey milk in uh, because Isabel likes to drink her 1% Mickey milk in the morning. We put a Mickey milk in the fridge. She drank it and the milk had curdled. But when kids drink it with a straw, they sometimes can't tell that right at the beginning. Um, And of course, she got sick from it. So don't use it for milk, yogurt, um, any of those things that, you know, that can spoil, even if it is a real fridge. Again, awesome for your beer, awesome for your white wines or sparkling wines. Excuse me. Awesome if you, you know, if you're Derek Bergen and you bring your own Coke Zero, fine. But... Do not rely on it for any dairy products. There is an issue with spoilage. So um, that's that's my, my thing on that. The other thing is I'm going to make a little note real quick about the toiletries. I know when you're in concierge, you get a couple extra things. But in the regular rooms, you get shampoo, conditioner, and lotion. It used to be body butter, but now it's lotion. And it's an H2O product, and it's sea marine. And... Um, you know, it, it's to each their own. Um, I, when we're in on the cruises, I'm usually a two shower a day cause I go to the gym or run in the morning and then take a shower. And then if we're in the Caribbean, we go to the beach, I take another shower before dinner. Um, so I use the H2O products usually in the morning and then my own shampoo and conditioner in the evening. You know, Isabel does fine with them. It's going to depend on, you know, your hair, your personal preference. They're good products. They're fine. They smell good. Um, the lotion, um, some you know, people swear by it. They love it. But know that that is not something that you have to bring with you um, because it is provided that they will give you more. I will say, Scott and I, we adore the bar soap. Um, I take the bar soap uh, from the bathroom and, and keep it right away because I bring my own hand soap because I actually like 
you know, foaming hand soap instead of using a bar. But, um, you know, if you're looking to save luggage space or uh, anything like that, liquids, they will provide that. And, and it, is, it is legitimate. It's not like, you know, dollar store stuff. Well, in terms of saving luggage, I mean, there's a hairdryer in each stateroom. Would you say that's an acceptable hairdryer? Yeah, the, the hairdryer works for me. There are people that will talk about how hotel and cruise ship hairdryers ruin their hair, but it's just a standard hairdryer. I mean, it's not anything fancy. So you've got the hairdryer there. Of course, you've got all of your linens. You've got the uh, you've got the toiletries, which are they're absolutely fine. I mean, they're they're fine unless you have some sort of special special need for your your hair that you have to have. There's a couple of things that the staterooms on the ships do not have that, you know, other ships, other cruise lines might or hotel rooms might have. Uh, they don't have coffee makers. Wait, one more thing, Scott. I just want to add that the staterooms do have safes and you should use your safe. So before we get into what... Oh, there's a fight. Before we get into what they don't have know that they do have a safe when we get in the room this is where i put my jewelry you know i take the wedding rings i put them in there um we put our wallets our passports and our cash um all go in car keys all go into that uh safe so um it, it's highly recommended that you go ahead and and use that safe so and the safe is like it's a keypad safe so you set the uh combinate the four digit combination when you lock it all right, Scott, now you can talk about what they don't yeah. have. Coffee so, maker, yes, that's true. So the staterooms do not have a coffee maker. If you want coffee, you would order it from room service or go up to the uh, drink stations and get your own coffee. Um, I mean, it's Joffrey's. It's pretty yeah, good coffee. But I mean, uh, there are no mini bars, so there's no chance of chowing down some minis or... Uh, Bags of M&M's. Just interesting because back when we went on our first Disney vacation in 1992 at the Caribbean Beach Resort, they had, um, you know, a mini bar in there. And Andrew, my brother Andrew and I had character cookies, which were like the McDonald cookies that were chocolate and vanilla. And I remember my mom saying, okay, you guys can each have them once. And they were so overpriced. But, uh, you know, Disney has done away with those types of things. So... Um, yeah, no, no mini bars, and currently, you're not, you know, allowed to bring your own liquor on the ships. So keep that in mind. And the only, the other thing that you know, it's not in all hotel rooms, but there are no microwaves in the state rooms, so you can't bring bags of popcorn to pop or take to the movies or anything like that or whatever you might need a whatever you might. Use a microwave for while traveling. But you do have a desk, so if you need to sit there and write anything or work or type, um, you know, there is a desk that I use a lot as a vanity. So, you know, for example, when we're getting ready and Scott is taking a shower, I'll sit at... The interesting thing is you have to plug your hairdryer in in the stateroom um, because that's where the outlet is. So I'll sit at that desk and dry my hair, dry Isabel's hair, or put my makeup on there. Um, when we don't have the split bath and it works out just perfectly. Um, so you do have a desk there. Um, you do have an ice bucket that they will, you know, provide ice to you in and glasses. Uh, Scott, am I forgetting anything else? 
pretty that pretty much covers. Yeah. I mean, if you need it, you, you can call for it. I mean, they have an option for continental breakfast that you hang the hanger outside of your door, and you can choose the time that you want. Um, it's non-hot foods like bagels, pastries, things like that. Um, and of course, you can order lunch and dinner into your room. Um, your stateroom's host, your stateroom host comes twice a day. They come in the morning to kind of clean up and refresh your room, and then they come at night and do turn down service. Um, there have been times where, you know, we have said, you know, we're going to be in the room, or you don't have to worry about turning the bed down, and you just let them know, and, and that's fine. They don't. They'll just throw the navigator under the door, and instead of going through the turn down service with the towel animal and the whole thing, but. Um, you know it it i think that pretty much that pretty much covers it one thing on the room service the break the breakfast and the room service is free it's included in the cruise fare they've added a couple like extra options that are an extra charge on the room service menu now but uh in general the room service is uh you know complimentary included with you know your cruise fare uh we just leave it we just give the uh person who brings the uh stuff to our stateroom a tip cash tip and uh yeah that that is true we have never ordered um one of the paid for items from room service and i know that you can order there's they list like movie candy like m&m's peanuts those kind of things um they list of course beverages you can get you know the evian bottled water you can get they tell you that there's a full um, alcoholic beverage guide and wine. We've had them bring our, our platinum gift, you know, the sparkling wine, but we've never, you know, ordered like the drink of the day or, or anything like that. But it is something that's listed as being available. So, you know, that is an option um, if you need it. Scott and, and actually Isabel, she's at the age where, She's perfectly happy to say, does anybody need anything? Does anybody need any ice? Does anybody need any water? I will run upstairs for it immediately. So, um, you know, she's happy to go up a couple of decks and, and fill up our, our services with some ice water or, or what have you. So, um, yeah, uh, that's kind of your your differences there on, on the stateroom. So um, the one other thing I will mention is we've had a lot of questions as – seasickness so the uh the statement that i see a lot is uh to go on the midship you know inside you know as inside deck as you can you can get um that's not something that is is something that afflicts us we don't have an issue with seasickness uh i have been on staterooms midship and aft we've never been forward the motion doesn't seem to affect any of us in our party um there was one cruise that scott and isabel felt it for for the first day but you know when you're going over those florida straits um there's a little bit more motion that first night into the next morning but that's not something that's afflicted us in the fact that we've ever needed it have any medicine for it or use C-bands or um, a patch or Dramamine or anything like that. So um, I would say that the quote-unquote company line that we've read, um, whether it be in touring plans or the unofficial guide or 
you know, just from people's experiences to go, you know, higher on the deck and, and more midship inside as you can. So uh, if that's something that concerns you, you can do that. If you look at Disney's prices, they want you to do that because those are what cost the most money. The higher up you go, the more midship you go. So that's just my... Any Anything to say about that, Scott? No. I did... I did have something talking about the stateroom host and talking to them. Uh, this is something that we've experienced before. In our case, it's the three of us, and we've been in state in state rooms where we have the, uh, or Isabel has the opportunity to either sleep on the pull-out couch or the pull-down bunk. Uh, there are times where they've made up the bet on the. It's a good idea just to kind of talk to your stateroom host that first. You know, afternoon when getting on the ship, when you first meet them, they're delivering the luggage and everything, and just kind of tell them, you know, what your child's preference is, whether, you know, they'd rather be in the bunk, pull-down bunk, or have the uh, pull-out couch made out. Uh, you know, if if you're in a room with three people and your child uses the bunk, you know, that means you can keep the couch, you know, kind of like always available for everybody. Which happens to be all of our preference. Isabel mm-hmm. loves to be up on that pull-out uh, or that drop-down bed when it's when we have a room with it. Mm-hmm. And then it's awesome for us because we're early risers, all of us are, so that when we're awake, we can still kind of use that couch. Um, and it, Scott's right. Talk to your stateroom host because we had one stateroom host who set Isabel's um, bed up with rails and and she about lost her mind because i think she was four and we'd never used bed rails for her ever and she was just like what is this is this jail is this but there are some people that totally want and need those so the communication with them is great to just say hey yeah you know can you please put some rails up no we don't want rails can you make up the you know, top bunk so that we can use the couch, you know, do you want, I don't know, an extra towel or build that relationship that first day. And they're, they're awesome. I mean, we've noticed some stateroom hosts are very outgoing and interactive. And then there have been some others that are almost like ghosts. You never see them or, you know, they're in and out and they don't really interact much with you. So... Scott has done in the last few cruises, though, because we had a couple where they were like ghosts and they just wanted to sneak in and out where he has made sure to seek them down so that he could say, you know, like, hey, this is what X, Y, and Z. Like the last, I think when we went to Norway, we made sure that we met them that first day because Scott, you know, he was, he wanted extra hangers to be able to hang all our stuff up in. And, um, so I think it's a good idea, you know. Uh, that's fine that they want to kind of sneak in and out, but it's a it's a great idea to introduce yourself and and kind of go that route. One other thing with sailing with kids, uh, the doors in the stateroom and the stateroom doors are heavy, and they slam. So definitely watch out for the little fingers. And staying in a veranda stateroom, there's and added a kind of higher up lock that uh you know that 
Or what do you call that? I used to see that in message boards a lot. Like people were worried because they booked a porthole stateroom and then they got upgraded to a veranda and they have a little kid. And man, it is hard for me to open those veranda doors. So, I mean, unless your kid's the Hulk, they're going to have a hard time. Um, the only thing we made sure of when Isabel was little, because again, we booked pretty much only verandas and Isabel started cruising at three and a half. Um, that you teach them or tell them not to stand on the furniture and just watch them when they're out there. But as far as getting out on the veranda, that upper lock, I can't reach. Scott has to reach it for me. Um, And the door is super heavy. So um, watch their hands because I know that myself and Isabel both have been in a situation before where the wind has kind of helped that door close and we... We have been lucky. Well, even even the doors to the uh, bathroom can slam. There's a oh yeah. There's an adjustment like kind of resistance thing at the top of the door you can and twist. The closets too. And so, just you know, be careful and check to make sure that their uh, you know little fingers are not getting you know pinched in those. I think the. Uh, Only other thing I had, you know, the walls of the stateroom and doors are magnetic. So you can decorate your stateroom door with uh, magnets and, or, you know, you use kind of like magnetic clips inside the stateroom on the walls. I mean, on the Dream and Fantasy, we have a gift card that we kind of, we stuck a magnet on the back of that we kind of just, you know, stick to the wall right above the uh, slot that you have to put the, well, what they tell you to put your key to the world in to activate the lights in the room. And and you can link that in show notes, yeah. right, Scott? That mm-hmm. post. You know, that little slot on the Dream Class ships will accept anything. It's just as long as there's something in there that creates the, uh, you know, switch. So we just, you know, in our cruise travel bag that we always take, we have a gift card with a, just a little, magnetic strip on it that we kind of just leave right there so we don't have to dig out our key to the world cards or fumble with that when we get back to the staterooms to slide into the slot to see. We have a couple uh, listener questions regarding staterooms. Uh, the first is from Stephen. Stephen left a comment asking about... Uh, the creaking noise in the stateroom. The noise was loud enough to wake us up during the night. Any ideas of Disney will address this during dry dock? He was uh, he sailed on the Wonder out of San Diego in May of 2016. Uh, he wants to know if that's something that's addressable in dry dock or is that something older ships do? Uh, I think from our experience, we've there's always been some sort of creak in a stateroom. Uh, I mean, some staterooms are... I mean, I'm sure people in the Magic would wish the sewage got fixed, but that's just not in the cards, so... I mean, the creaking is, you know, more or less the molding. I mean, we found in one stateroom, we shoved some paper in between the crown molding, kind of took care of that. It's... But the little creaking sounds... It's kind of how the ship's giving, like it's... I'm just used to it, I guess, that I don't think anything of it... I mean, I guess if it was a sound that looked was really awkward or really didn't sound right, it might be bringing it up to a stateroom host or maybe there's something not right. We've been in rooms where 
you know, the neighbor's uh, closet doors, you know, when the ship's swaying, will slam open, then slam close, slam <laughs> open, slam close. I mean... Those, those 20-foot swells. It, another thing, you know, like, we always, like we've said, we always unpack and our clothes and use the hangers in the closet, but, like, on that last night when we were all packed up and then we just have the hangers in the closet, I usually put those... I usually take the hangers off the rod in the closet and put them on the ground and kind of like maybe throw a towel on top of them so they won't clang together and make make that kind of noise. We were on the Fantasy three times in the Maiden inaugural voyages. In the two of the cruises were in the same stateroom, and there was still creaking, and that was a brand new ship, right, Scott? I mean, so. Mm It's just kind of how it gives in the water and and so on. I wouldn't be too worried about the creaking. Our next question was from Michael. Um, they are sailing on the Magic next May, a repositioning cruise from San Juan to Port Canaveral, and they're wondering what's the best area on the ship to reduce movement and noise. They're currently booked midship on deck one and thinking that might be best. Thoughts? Uh, we kind of talked. A little bit about, you know, we've never been impacted by different, by staying on different areas of the ship in terms of, you know, filling the movement. I, for one, like when the ship moves. I, I mean, for me, it's part of that cruising experience. Uh, the uh, noise... The noise is something to think of if you're staying in a stateroom that's like above one of the restaurants or one of the galleys for the restaurant. Uh, depending on when you kind of turn in for the night, you could be, you know, encounter some of that noise. Uh, maybe by if you're close to one of the theaters or the, uh, you know, nightclub in the adult areas on the ship. Uh, that could sometimes provide some extra noise in the room in the evenings. But in terms of, you know, best place for motion sickness, Emily talked about that a little bit, talked about that a little bit earlier on this episode. Uh, You know, midship is kind of the uh, standard reply when people talk about where to stay on the ship, but just some things to think about. Got an email from Erin, who went on her first Disney cruise in 2013 and been addicted to everything Disney cruise related since. She actually just booked her next cruise, and for the fall of 2017, it's a long way to go. She has a question about stateroom availability and hoping we'd be able to answer it. When I booked my stateroom yesterday, I got the type of stateroom that I wanted, but not necessarily the deck that I wanted. Granted, my cruise is about a year away. What is the likelihood that a stateroom in my class category would open up on the deck that I wanted want? <clears throat> you know, from people changing their minds, canceling a cruise, etc. Thanks in advance. I would say Pretty high. Yeah, there's a lot of, I'd say, movement, you know, 
there's even more movement when that, you know, kind of paid in full date comes along when it's now time do we really want you know that you know that final date where it's you know either pay or move the cruise or kind of move on uh, I don't know you Emily you deal with the uh, booking side of our cruises can you uh, put in a request you know if a room opens up within that category to move or do, I think do you have to be easiest- on top of it um, I think your easiest thing is actually to commission yourself a travel agent. So you find yourself a travel agent that's going to do that work for you. Uh, your chances are probably pretty good because um, people do change their mind. They move their cruises. They, um, you know, maybe they booked, let's say, you know, a veranda on deck five. And then they realize that there's some sort of, you know, they need a new roof or a car repair or something like that. So they need to, you know, maybe downgrade their stateroom or um, there's a lot of movement that goes on before final payment. So I think the easiest thing is to get yourself a travel agent and say, hey, you know, I would like, you know, this category on this stateroom, you know, aft, midship or whatever, uh, and have them do kind of that legwork for you. Next email is from Chickafant asking about the if there's a weight limit or restriction on the hideaway uh, drop-down bunk in the bedrooms or in the staterooms. I'm not actually sure if there's a listed weight. I've gone up there and anywhere from, what, I'm right around 230 pounds right now, so it seemed okay. (laughs) Uh, But I don't know what the official company line is on those. If there is one, or if it's just rugged enough to handle... Well, I'm sure there is one, Scott. I'm sorry? I just don't think we know it, but I'm sure there is one. It held me. That's about... <laughs> I think you were more concerned about the ladder than yeah, the The ladder was the questionable part for me. Once I got up there, it seemed to be fine. But I didn't spend all that long up there. Isabel asked me to go up and lay down and look at the uh, the uh, the sky... Constellations. The constellations they have above it. It's pretty cool. Um, her ne- the next question there was, why don't the classic ship have virtual portholes in the in- inside staterooms? And I'm going to piggyback the following one. Why are the video and television selections different on the classic ships versus what's offered on the larger ships? Well, I remember back when the Magic went in for reimagination in 2013. The line that was put out, then was there's just not enough room to take up that space in the stateroom to put in the virtual portholes in an inside room on the classics. And, you know, having to run, you know, wires. Whether that was just, you know, something that was thrown out to answer, pacify that question at the time, or if that's really the reason. Uh, There's also you know, kind of the company line that's gone around to keep the classics and the dream class different, you know, separate them and, you know, what they have. You can kind of see that in a lot of the offerings between the two class of ships. Uh, but, so, I mean, the big difference there is the classic ships are just regular TV. They don't have the on-demand system. Uh, and... Could they add that in? I mean, I don't know. It seems 
they could, but I don't know the nitty-gritty information about the real story, but that's kind of what we heard back in 2013 as to why those were not added to the classic ships after the fact. We're going to close out this episode with a voicemail from none other than Derek Bergen. Because if I don't answer this voicemail tonight, I'll never He's hear the He's never end. calling the DCL blog hotline again. <laughs> anyway. Empty threats. Here's Derek's question. Hi, this is Derek Bergen, world-famous blogger, award-winning podcaster, and first ballot Castaway Key 5K Hall of Famer. Uh, and I, first of all, I want to say thank you for doing this podcast. I really hope uh, one day the Disney Cruise Line has like a coupon day so that Matt Hotchberg and the RCL blog can get on board. Uh, my questions are this, uh, and it's two of them. The first, is there a position on the ship whose job is just to watch for people jumping over or falling over? Or is that just like a position they have on the day where you have to go pay your incidentals? I mean, that night they got to have people watching, right? But second, and, re- and related to that, on that day where you have to go down and pay your incidentals, what happens if your credit card declines or you can't pay it or you don't want – you never had any intention of paying it. You just charged up you know, your lifetime, your Brewster Millions scheme of going to the best places, eating at Apollo every meal, and then you don't have the money to pay for it. What can they actually do? I mean, is there a brig on the ship they can just store you in? Uh, do you go to, like, maritime jail? Uh, so what is the official uh, – reaction if you can't pay your bill at the end of the trip. All right. Thanks for all the podcast guys. Love uh, your kids perspective. I think it's a great asset to the show. Have a great day. Bye-bye. All right, Derek, in terms of the, uh, man overboard part of it, you know, there is the Disney ships do have a, uh, camera system installed. Uh, Disney will, has never confirmed this, but the company that, you know, created the system and installed it on the ships, it's in one of their uh, periodicals or kind of brochures. Uh, But it's a, you know, it's a system that monitors for, you know, and flags things kind of going overboard on the cameras, kind of makes an alert on the bridge. but in, is there a specific uh, crew member tasked just to monitor this? I don't know. But I, kn- I do know they have a man overboard detection system installed on the ships. Uh, but on to your other question, what happens when it's time t- your credit card doesn't pay, you have to square up your folio for the cruise? Uh, they're, not, they're either not going to let you off they will not let you off. Because they scan they your key to the world card. They'll either send you to guest services or they'll send you to the person in port. But I imagine you will not yeah. be off the ship. It took me a while. I couldn't find the definitive line in the sand. What if? Do you go into the brig? What happens? I did find the line that says all charges must be settled before you leave the ship. You must use the credit card on file or pay with cash, travelers checks, or Disney dollars. Those still exist, but I couldn't find the uh, what if. So it's sounds like you're not leaving the ship. They were you're not going to be able to you know swipe off the ship without uh, 
They'll flag squaring your up. Yeah. yeah. Your account I, will be. Asking around, your account is flagged, and you're not going to leave the ship. But to what extent happens, I don't know. <laughs> I know that if you're someone that you know wants to go ahead and settle up cash, because there are many times that Scott has done online check-in at midnight that I'm already sleeping, and he, you know, just has decided he doesn't want to put that credit card on there at that time because it's midnight. And so he just says that it's going to be a cash account. We have to remember to go back in and, you know, put our Disney Visa or whatever card we're using on the account. And if we don't, once you get to, you know, that certain amount, which, oh boy, it's 250 or $500. I think it's 500 but don't quote me on that. I think that. it's 500 yeah, they won't let you charge anymore. And the fact that I know that, that is true is because on our last cruise, there was a gentleman who was very upset that his Key of the World card was declined at the bar. Bon voyage and on came, the fancy. Yes, and came up to guest services while we were there. Intoxicated. <laughs> and um, had to you know, pull out his American Express card to settle up his account because he had already hit $500. So... Um, that that definitely does happen um, if you just put cash on and you get to a certain point and they won't let you, you know, continue on. So you can't just charge like thousands and thousands and thousands of yeah. dollars. You can't but, just buy that Sophia Fiore diamond jewelry and charge it to your account like 10 times. And you can also just take cash and pay on your account so it doesn't go on your credit card if you choose to do that too. Just go down there and guest services will print out your statement and give you a receipt of your payment on your account. Uh, so they're more than happy to work with you to uh, square up your folio. Uh, it's just a matter of... But no, unfortunately, Derek, we do not know what happens if you have absolutely no pennies... If you do the Monopoly guy and you open your pockets I mean, and you show nothing, I'm sure that they will call Disney I'm sure, security. I'm sure if you had a pressed penny from the terminal, they'd make you unpress it to add to your account. Right. For sure. That's, that's 100%. If anybody knows what happens when you push it to the limit <laughs> or have absolutely no way to pay, I mean, what happens? you've heard any stories or if you just want to make one up leave a comment on the website let us know thank you for joining us if you've enjoyed the episode please feel free to share it with your friends and followers we'd also be very grateful if you could rate and review our podcast on itunes if you have any issues please drop us an email you can connect with the show via the comment section on the website email us at contact at disneycruiselineblog.com follow us on twitter at the dcl blog or on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Disney Cruise Line blog. Additionally, you can leave a voicemail, which we will try to incorporate into future podcasts, with your questions, comments, or feedback on the show by calling 321-765-3252.